there's that song we all know and love. Blau und Weiß, sein Leben lang. Hallo, meine Lieben, wie geht's? Willkommen zum Das Einziger Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Thank you for tuning back to our show. Schalke fans are some of the greatest fans in the world, many of whom speak English. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to the English-speaking fans of the club and get their point of view across, and bring you game highlights. We'll also pick out articles on the club and talk a little bit about them. As always, joining me on the show is co-host Jack Mangan. Jack, how are we doing this uh, this fine Tuesday evening? Richard, my man, what's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm doing quite well. We're uh, celebrating victory once again. Uh, but can you spell relief? <laughs> what, what is it? Is it five in a row now? It is five in a row. Well, who would have thought we'd be here after the you know the, the first five game stretch we had to start the rook runda? But quite an impressive streak. Yeah, and uh, Shaka hasn't had this kind of winning streak in years, so uh, uh, this is uh, something uh, we did not expect, but uh, we are fully embracing, I would say, huh? It hasn't been pretty, but uh, <laughs> but I'll take the results. Uh, so Shaka continued their role to the tune of a five-game win streak, as we just mentioned. We are the informed team in the Bundesliga. Well, as far as possible points collected in the last five games. Uh, again, as Jack said, it wasn't pretty. But we got the three points we were looking for this last game. Uh, on the podcast rundown, coming off a four-game win streak, the boys look to keep that streak alive against bottom feeders Wolfsburg. In this episode, we run through the struggle against them, and we'll also dive into some articles on a new Schalke tradition. Let's take it away. Alright, so Schalke entered the game on the back of a four consecutive wins. Uh, like I, like we just said, something that has been uttered in a few seasons, Jack. Uh, Wolfsburg on the other side, uh, they've only won one once in the uh, Rook Runda, and despite changing managers, still look like the Wolfpack are struggling to find their way. Uh, to add to their misery, it's been snowing a lot in northern Germany, and temperatures for the kickoff were uh, around the freezing mark. Uh, newsworthy item on this one, Bastian Ochipka makes his 200th Bundesliga um, uh, appearance. Uh, so that's a good performance, good uh, good achievement by him, huh? Definitely. Um, and it certainly uh, helps you reach that point when you're as durable um, as, as he has been. He's, he's just kind of game in, game out, a workhorse out there, doesn't seem to get injured too often. And um, yeah, he's racked up some appearances pretty quickly in his career. Knock on wood, but yeah, he's been... Uh, <laughs> he's been Mr. Durable for sure, and uh, he's been one of the best players for Shaka, no doubt. So let's take a look at the lineups real quick. Uh, we're going to breeze through this one because, uh, frankly, folks, uh, this wasn't much uh, much to, to to write home about. Uh, for Wolfsburg, in goal, you had Castiles. Uh, then you had Verheg, Bruma, Nock, William, Arnold, Gullivogi, Bazur, Didavi, Brekolo, and uh, Dimata. For Shaka. As always, Captain Farman and Net. In the back, we had Stambouli, Naldo, and Nastasic. In the midfield, we had uh, Max Meyer, Bentaleb, Ochipka, Kalajiri, and Goretzka. And then up top, we had Guido Bergsteller and, hello, hello, Amin Harit. Jack, uh, the Frenchman or Moroccan, whatever you want to call him, uh, he's back in the lineup. And uh, our speculations last week uh, seem to have ended now because now he's back in the lineup. Uh, weird. 
Yeah, well, it's about it's about time, right? Uh, we were waiting for this. Uh, Harid is absolute spark plug for us. Uh, you know, kind of our marquee summer signing, and has been phenomenal all year. Uh, and obviously, the last few weeks, he's been kind of conspicuously missing from the lineup. Uh, and you know, given some of the offensive struggles we had, I think we were looking forward to him being back in, and uh, he was. So it was definitely good to see him up top. Yeah. So let's. Uh... You know, I agree with you absolutely uh, on Harid. It's um, he did provide some uh, much needed spark in this one that we seem to have been missing in the last few games. It wasn't much spark that in this game, by the way. Well, the rest, uh, yeah, the rest of the team didn't really contribute to that end. No, Harid looked bright when he was in there. Well, so we're gonna get we're trying to breeze through this game real quick. Uh, let's just go through some of the highlights that we noticed. Um, in the 41st minute, uh, Shaka did have an opportunity uh, when Matija Nastasic, of all people, is, is in the attacking uh, attacking box. He gets off a quick shot, and Castiles has to make a great reaction save. I don't know how he saw that, and, and or maybe it was just, like I said, a quick instant reaction that he had just, just, took his, just put his arm up or put his leg out and got the save. But I thought that for sure was going to be a goal for Nastasic. Yeah, I forget how this play came about. Maybe it was a free kick or something, but I think it's it's Goretzka that kind of brings it down and, and plays a nice little ball to Bergstaller, who's running in kind of the right side of the box. And he, he whips this low ball across. Um, fast, fast-moving ball. And really all Nastasic could do is just kind of get a foot on it to redirect it. And uh, it looked like it was you know definitely on target. And this thing was a laser that came right at I don't know how he got his hands up in time, Castiles. But, um, you know, as you say, brilliant reaction save and uh, definitely kept what would have been a goal for Nastasic. Would that have been his first Schalke goal? Uh, if not, it would have been close. He's yeah, not on the it's score either first or second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been. So I felt bad for him because not only would have we taken the lead there, that would have been you know a nice moment for Nastasic. And I mean, you see by the reaction, Nastasic thought for sure that was yeah. going in, and Castiles was pumped up that he saved it as as well he should be because that was unbelievable. Yeah, him and the traveling fans all thought that was a goal, uh, but no, it was stopped by Castiles. Uh, very well played there. That was about the extent of the highlights in the first half. It was going through <laughs> halftime, zero to zero. Uh, nothing we really want to talk about the first half, is there? Yeah, I don't think so. Was, I mean, if you were watching this game, I, I, I apologize because it was, it was brutal. And if you didn't watch, uh, you're lucky. Uh, and it was very brutal, as Jack said. Uh, you had to uh, have some coffee with it because uh, it wasn't much action going either way. So going to the second half, we'll uh, fast forward just to get what some substitutions happened. Um, in the 60th minute, Brielle Mbola would come on for Amin Harit. Um, it's okay performance by Harit. Nothing special, nothing nothing too great, but uh, at least he's back on the pitch again, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, as he usually is, very dangerous in transition with some of his marauding runs through the midfield. Um, had a couple nice passes as well. I know there was one where he, he picked out a, you know, kind of a really incisive lead pass to... Goretzka, who was streaking kind of into the box, and it, you know, it ended up being just a foot or two in front of him, but it was almost a very, very good opportunity for Goretzka. So, um, I mean, here, he, here he's dangerous, and he's dangerous in a lot of different ways. He's, you know, got that creative ability in terms of the passing. He's got his, you know, ability to take man on one on one and, and dribble, and you know, the most fouled player in the Bundesliga, as we've talked. I don't know if he still holds that title because he's been out for a few weeks, but you know, back when he was playing consistently, he was the most fouled player in the Bundesliga and sets up a lot of our free kick opportunities, which we are of course very dangerous from so um you know an important player for us this year and it was good to see him back on the pitch and had had a decent game i mean there wasn't a whole lot going on for Schalke offensively in general but he was one of the bright spots in the first half um you know maybe because he's been out in some fitness issues or something and you know he didn't get the full 90 just you know lasted an hour before they brought him bolo on but 
um, and you know, and Bolo somebody else who who brings a spark to the side. So you know, you'd certainly never mind him coming onto the pitch. <laughs> no, I, I agree hundred percent there. Um, so you know, Harid did did a couple of things. Okay, he did go out to defense. He had a couple of shots. Most of them were off target. Uh, but at least he's going for the net. Uh, it's, you can't say much about that with the other guys. Uh, he seemed like he's one of the few guys who just was intent on trying to get, in, uh, get a shot off on goal. Well, most of the time he did miss, but uh, at least he liked to see the intent there. Yeah. Um, but a couple minutes after the, after Harit you know, went off, uh, in the 62nd minute, actually, Naldo picks up a yellow at midfield. I don't know. Did you get a chance to catch this play? Yeah. It, it seemed a little bit suspect. Um if anything, he looks like he maybe ran into, uh, you know, the opponent's arm, like with his body. Yeah, but yeah. I, I don't know if that's enough to knock somebody over exactly. Um, certainly don't know if it's enough for a yellow card. But... If it was Danny Welbeck, he could have fell over. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to get to that. Sorry, no, that <laughs> yeah, if you didn't see that dive from Welbeck recently, that was uh... – that's everything that soccer fans make fun of soccer for. That's yeah. what that was. Anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know. I mean, yellow card I thought was probably a little bit harsh. How did you feel about it? I thought it was very harsh. Uh, but then again, I, there wasn't really a really good angle. When I saw it first, when I saw it in live, I thought it was, okay, he has a foul. But then you watch the replay and you're like, did he actually get him? It wasn't a leg. It didn't look like he got him in the leg. Like, like you said, maybe it was in the arm or something. But Bazor yeah, was grabbing his leg. That's not the first time. That's not the first time there's going to be a lack of good angles, I feel like, because I think that was the case with the, with the penalty later that we'll talk about. But there's a lot of these. I just didn't feel like we saw enough of it to really make a you know an informed decision on it. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, so we'll move on from that just because we we're, we're scratching our heads as well, and we're not exactly sure what happened. Uh, let's let's move a couple more minutes because we're something uh, a bright spot for Schalke in the 64th minute. Pablo Insua makes his debut, uh, coming on for Benjamin Stambouli. Um, about time this guy gets on the pitch check. Yeah, it, it was good to see him on there. That was his season debut, was it not? I believe it was. Yeah, so he was he was a summer signing, um, you know, a, a sort of a defensive, um, you know, pickup for us for some of the you know the depth that we need in the squad. And he he wasn't a player that I was super excited about, you know, in terms of making a huge impact. But it was it was a nice pickup and yeah, depth player, um, right? Yeah, actually, absolutely. And it's really unfortunate, you know, he was dealing with a heart injury or, or sorry, injury, I shouldn't say, uh, an issue. Um, and I mean, especially in a sport like, like, like any sport really, but especially in soccer, um, that's something you just can't play around with. So, no, no, no. uh, I'm glad that they did their due diligence apparently and, you know, kept him out and made sure that everything was, you know, good to go and that he was in good shape before they tried to, you know, rush him back onto the pitch or anything. But, um, definitely a good moment seeing him, uh, resume his career as it were, cause it certainly looked like it was in doubt for a little bit there. Yeah, so I, I agree with you, and I'm it's glad to see him on the pitch finally. I was I was getting to wonder if he was ever going to make a, his debut. Um, so a handful of minutes later, later on, uh, there was a lightning quick counter. I think it started with Ralph Fairman uh, and went down the pitch really quickly. Uh, Burke Seller ended up getting the ball wide left, and then he tried to he cut the pass between the defender. And uh, he found Mbolo, who nearly had a chance on goal, but uh, Castiles, uh, with very good reactions again, does well to close down the angle and uh, prevents any kind of scoring chance by Mbolo. But you got to like the, the quick counter by, by Schalke there. 
Yeah, it was a nice piece of play. I think uh, Bergstahler ultimately actually megged the defender on that, which was quite nice. Um, the ball yeah, didn't yeah. ultimately have enough curl on it to really fall within Mbolo's reach. And as you say, Castile's picked it up and uh, you know kind of snuffed out the danger before it was much of a clear-cut opportunity. But um, you know, you saw you saw the signs that Schalke were pushing for it late in the game there. So we're going to go finally to that moment that you were alluding to earlier. Uh, 75th minute, Bazur is taken down in the box by Nastasic. Is that a penalty for you, Jack? Uh, I don't know. Exactly. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. So first of all, once again, all the angles that we saw initially, I think there was two or three of them. I could not tell. Um, alive, there were some players kind of in the way, and I couldn't see it. I think one of the replays was sort of from Ralph Fairman's angle, and I think the, the, the post of the goal was in the way of like what was happening. Um, I think the best angle actually came on a replay several minutes later after the event happened. But w- what it looked like to me is, is there was some contact from Nastasic, um, maybe on Bazor's uh, ankle or something. Um, and you could tell that his, his knees kind of like buckled a little bit, like from the impact of that. But then there was this hesitation for, you know, more than a split second. And then he falls to the ground, yes. clearly looking for it. So here's, here's the thing. If he, if he goes down immediately under, you know, the impact of that challenge, I, I think there's a good chance. I mean, it got given anyway, right? But I think there's a better chance that maybe I look at that and I'm like, okay, that's a penalty. But, you know, the more times I looked at that, it certainly looked like it was a pretty legitimate acting job. I'm not saying there wasn't contact, but I don't know if it was enough to actually bring him down. Um, And as a result, I don't think it was really enough for a penalty. But, you know, he made the most of it and he got the call. Diving in soccer? What? Yeah, and the other weird thing is that you know the referee was very confident about that and didn't even he go was. to VAR. Yeah, yeah, which you would think with you know, I'm not the the you know the the team that ends up on the wrong side of that never complains. They they almost always complain, but they were pretty adamant about that and they surrounded him immediately and they're like that was not a penalty and you would think he would at least consult with v- maybe he maybe he radioed in and they were like yeah it was a penalty too. Yeah, that's true. I don't know what happened, but it didn't look like he even really consulted them, and I thought that was curious. Yeah, I thought the whole play was just was odd. Uh, as far as the takedown, I didn't think it was a penalty. Uh, I like you said because there was a delay there. Uh, I, I, the only contact I saw, like you said, was in the ankle, and with that delay there, if he went down immediately, okay, whatever. But he, it's a, you, he obviously hesitated, and when player he, players hesitate, to me, I automatically think dive. Um, they're trying to sell the job, and and most times that are not, uh, they get the call. Uh, especially if it's in the box. So uh, I wasn't surprised that a penalty was called. Um, <laughs> I guess we've been fortunate enough this season that we've gotten some of those calls too, so we can't really complain. Um, but Yeah, we've uh, certainly gotten the benefit of a lot of those. Not that they think that a lot of them are you know, poor, poor decisions or anything, but um, we've certainly been on the right end of a lot of those decisions this year. And... Uh, <laughs> Not to change the subject, but I just looked up and I see a chick on uh, rustling, butt tackle a girl. So anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right then. Not to divert too much off of the uh, subject there, but uh, anyway, so a penalty would be called, uh, and Verhaeg would be would step up to take the spot kick. Uh, at this moment, I'm looking like I'm thinking this is not going to go well. We're going to be uh, trying to find a way and get a goal late, but the captain. Fireman makes a brilliant save, Jack, and uh, the, and he bails us out once again. Oh, bails at the referee as well, because uh, had that gone in, we would have been complaining about something else. 
anytime you save a penalty, it's it's a great play from the you know the goalkeeper perspective. But honestly, not not a great penalty from Verhag. No, I mean, it was almost center, almost. Yeah, it's it's one of those where it's it's kind of. Uh, I mean, if you divide the goal up into you know like a left half and a right half, it's in the middle of one of those halves. Yeah, so it's kind yeah. of in that no man's land. He's not going straight down the middle and trying to you know catch the keeper jumping somewhere, and he's not going to one of the corners. It's kind of you know as long as the goalkeeper guesses the right way. Um, and as long as it's at a reasonable height, I mean, there's really no reason why he shouldn't save it. So, um, you know, whether or not Fairman read him correctly or whether or not he, you know, he just kind of guessed, he ended up being in the right place at the right time and was able to punch it away and uh, bail us out big time because, you know, that was a match where, you know, Wolfsburg's hanging around. Schalke looks absolutely pathetic offensively, not creating almost anything against, you know, one of the worst teams in the Bundesliga, which is, as we've spoken about in recent weeks, you know, one of our big problems is that we we don't put these teams away. We tend to kind of play to the level of our competition more than we'd like. We'd like to kind of consistently look like a team that's in second place and not a team that is struggling to overcome, you know, uh, relegation in, in teams that are in relegation contention, you know, overcome those kind of teams. And, um yeah, I don't know, but it was a big moment in the match for sure because you, you looked at that and you're like, that's exactly what Wolfsburg wants from the Wolfsburg perspective. They hang around, Schalke's not yeah. doing anything, and then you know they get the benefit of one call and they can steal it. Um, so, yeah, huge moment and you know, good on Fairman for bailing us out. And I think that should uh, put any criticisms of, of him that he's had recently for a couple you know, bad games over the past you know, five games or so to bed because he, uh, he's back in top form. And what is it? F- is it five clean sheets in a row, too? On the five game win streak, I don't know if it's five. Is it five clean sheets? Was it three or four one one zero wins? Now it's three one nil wins in a row. Okay. After I had said that we don't win games one <laughs> nil, Schalke decides to start doing that. <laughs> Thank you for that, guys. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> let me check this real quick. How many went? Uh, it's four. I think four. No, it was. I don't know. It was at least four clean sheets in a row. You're right. Yeah. So, um, dating back to the Leverkusen game. Oh uh, yes, yes. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, so four four in a row. Yeah, which is a Yeah, I mean that's that's great. You know, we we talked about how our de- defense at times has been has been and I actually feel like our defense has been somewhat shaky in these games and we've somehow gotten away with it. Um It's the opposite of the of the at the end where we were just giving up goals left and right and now yeah. we we're still playing it looks shaky but somehow we're keeping clean sheets and I don't know if that's Fairman or not. I mean Fairman has some shaky games in the rook run as well. So I mean uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, but, uh, Hey, I'll, I'm going to take it. I know you're going to take it. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, 80th minute final substitution for Schalke. Franco Di Santo would come on for Guido Bergstaller. Um, okay. So just it, what this match was crying out for. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this, this match screamed Di Santo. Put you need a in. match winner. Franco Di Santo. Bring him on. <laughs> Uh, so let's go back to that play you were talking about, Pablo and Sua. Um, this happened in the 84th minute. Um, <laughs> well, all I can say is welcome to Gilson, Kirsten, Pablo and Sua, who, uh, who picked up a yellow on the play. Uh, and I think, you know, if he didn't get Arnold, Arnold probably would have gone on, a, like, marauding down the passive defense. Because I, I yeah. think it was just Naldo there and Arnold's speed, uh, anything is possible at that point. Uh, but what did you, th- did you think it was a yellow? Did you think it was not? Did you think it was worse? I, I think he's lucky to get to get a yellow for that because that – there are some referees who would have given him a straight red. And, you know, to be honest, I don't think I could have complained about it if they did. Um, as you say, Arnold is, is streaking up the left-hand side, uh, and Sue is kind of coming from the midfield, and he's sprinting towards the sideline. And this this challenge that he makes is just, it's just irresponsible, honestly. He comes flying in, studs up, 
like you know, legs in the air. If he makes any sort of significant contact on Arnold, and Arnold is is planted, I mean, he's he's breaking his leg probably or, or something. I mean, it it could have resulted in a very serious injury. He's lucky to get away with a yellow. Johannes um, Geis, anyone? Um, okay, well, okay, I'm going to take a minute now because <laughs> there was a Twitter thread about this the other day because we had some some people asking us, you know, how how we feel about Geis coming in to replace right. you know, potentially the midfield in. That guy's challenge on Andre Hahn, I think it was in 2015. It was disgusting. It was disgusting because it was intentional too. I'm not saying he intended to, you know, break his leg or whatever, but he intended to go for the leg. If you watch that replay, it was it was gross and it has no place in football. And I'm not saying this 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 tackle from Insua was any anything like that, but it, it still was a very dangerous tackle. And you know, maybe you know this is his first appearance this season. Maybe he's just out of form and you know <laughs> needs some time on the training ground to figure out how to tackle again or something. But um, yeah, I mean, definitely deserved a yellow, and I'm glad that you know Arnold was okay because Arnold's a great player. That uh, guy's tackle on uh, uh, I forget who the player was, uh, but uh, that was just as bad as Boateng's tackle on Balak uh, several years ago in the Premier League, uh, where he ended up breaking his leg, I think, as well. Or he got him out of the World Cup with uh, yeah. 2010, maybe it was. Well, I, the, the thing about that guy's tackle is, I believe Andre Hahn had just come back from an extended injury. I don't know if it was an ACL or something. So. Yeah, yeah. And Andre Hahn's a great, you know, Bundesliga player, and he had just come back from injury. And it, it was one of those games where we're kind of off the rails now, but I need to talk about this. So it was, it was a game where I think Schalke was kind of chasing it the entire time. Guys was was. Um, frustrated because he was like, you know, second to every ball. And there was this 50 50 ball. Andre Hahn's going to get there first. Geis realizes that. And as he's going in for this challenge, you can see the moment where he decides he's just going to go for the leg instead of the ball and just studs in the leg. And I think he broke his leg or, or something. And it was, it's brutal to watch. And um, I, I still am salty about that because it, it disappointed me to see somebody in a Schalke uniform make a tackle like that. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you could definitely see his head look right at his leg right before it makes a play. So uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, but this Pablo Nsua one was was a dangerous one. But I, I think it was a tackle was needed for sure. Because, like I said, I thought Arnold would have gone uh, marauding past him. Uh, but I don't. That was a little bit too too dangerous in my opinion. You could have like he could have done like a, a football tackle or something like that, uh, like an NFL <laughs> tackle on him maybe or something or grab his jersey or something. It's something you would, something you would have got a yellow for, but you would have stopped him from continuing on. That's yeah, that was the main thing. He had other options. Absolutely. Um all right, so we're going to talk to the the only highlight of this game really other than the fireman save obviously. Uh and this is in the 86th minute uh and at this point if you guys don't really realize this, it's still 0-0. Zero, zero. Uh, not many shots going either way. Uh so the ball was bouncing around the uh, the box. Um the sausage would get it give it wide to Ochipka, and he was looking for Mbolo, uh, far post, I believe, and uh, the, the pass ended up going past him. Then Mbolo makes a very clever move past the defender. Uh, this totally goes around him. The defender was not expecting that play. Uh, and then Mbolo goes to center of the ball across the goal, and uh, it deflects off Robin Nock and into the net for an own goal. Uh, I mean, that's the, that's the end of being the winner. I mean, you got to rely on an own goal to get a, a winner, Jack. Yeah, it was fitting that that was the way this this game that that Chalco won this game. It was an absolutely brutal performance, and that was an absolutely stupid goal. But um, you know, you do give him Bolo credit for for that play, as you say. This ball kind of gets whipped in from I think it was Ochipka you said, um, and it gets uh, headed by somebody um, to the right side of the box, and so and Bolo is is going to chase it down. He has his back to to the box. He's kind of running away from it, and as he's you know approaching the ball, he he makes a very smart play. 
and turns his head quickly to see where the defender's coming from. And then he he kind of takes this ball early and kind of um, hits it back towards goal, and, and the defender just goes flying past him. Yeah. Um, and then he's wide open, and he actually plays a pretty aimless, directionless ball, you know, low into the middle of the box. And unfortunately for, for Wolfsburg, Roman Kanaka just, you know, sticks a foot out and it ends up beating Castiles, who was great on the day. And, um, you know, pretty cheap goal, pretty cruel goal for them to concede, given, you know, they're trying to survive, uh, you know, avoid relegation. They play, you know, I'm not saying they played a great game. I don't think any team played a good game, but they hung in there with, you know, the, the second ranked team in the Bundesliga. And, um, you know, they end up giving up a pretty stupid goal late in the match. And um, it, it's hard to say that Schalke deserved anything from this. So it, it is yeah. kind of an unfair result. But, um, hey, you know, <laughs> we get the results any way we can. We'll take it. Um, I'm sure Tedesco was, was stoked about it. And, um, you know, five in a row. <laughs> if anything, Schalke is doing a a favor to the Bundesliga because every every week they play, it doesn't matter if it's uh, top of the top of the table or bottom of the table, they make the game look even. So it looks like the whole Bundesliga is pretty even, other than Bayern. <laughs> yeah, and as long as this winning streak continues, Bayern can't um, mathematically like Clinch, uh, yeah. lock up the title quite yet. They needed uh, Schalke and Dortmund to lose and Bayern to win, and uh, the opposite of all three of those results took place this week. Leipzig so. with the upset, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was great. So uh, we staved that off a little bit longer. We can we can pretend that there's, you know, it's up in the air right, for one more week. <laughs> yeah, we can, there's, mathematically we can still catch them. Well, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Schalke fans, uh, Schalke fans, Schalke fans, what did you make of the match against Wolfsburg? Uh, did you even uh, enjoy that one bit? Uh, tell us about it at SO4 underscore podcast on Twitter. All right, we're going to transition into a topic we haven't done in a while, and that's uh, talk about articles, Jack. It's been a while since we had one of these, huh? Yeah, we, we mention it in every uh, you know, show intro and then we rarely do it it seems like. But yeah, we got some there was some interesting things being written about Shaka, especially from the kind of the American perspective, um, this past week. So we're gonna touch on those real quick. Well it helps when you uh when you play shitty uh, for 90 minutes and there's nothing really to talk about in the game so then you have plenty of time to uh, talk about other things <laughs> yeah th- this uh, this article discussion brought to you by Schalke's lack of offense you're welcome <laughs> yeah. all right so the first article we're going to talk about and all the, and these these three articles kind of go with with each other um, and there's the theme we said this about we said this in the rundown that uh, there's kind of new tradition at Schalke and that tradition is American players coming from you know American players going to Schalke so the first one is the Bundesliga.com article on Weston McKinney. Uh, it's titled Schalke and the USA's Jack of All Trades and Master of Some. Uh, but first, here's a clip of the man himself talking about the possibilities of getting called up to the U.S. men's national team. You never know because we have, we have good uh, people that are in the preliminary roster and everything and people that are in the pool. We have young players that are coming up too that you know are always you know making an impact and a statement whenever they do come in. So I think uh, it'll be exciting if I do get the call up. I hope I do and if I do then I'll prove why I belong right, there. That was Weston McKinney there talking about his, uh, his chances uh, or his, his hopes of making the U.S. men's national team. And this is obviously uh, a video from early in the week because uh, as you, you may know Shaka has been posting all day uh, he, he did get uh, called up for the, for the friendly uh, this week, so good for him. Uh, it's good to see him uh, um, 
good young Americans like him uh, playing, and it's good for for Schalke as well because the, the more exposure he gets, the more the more pitch time he gets, uh, it can only do wonders for us. Yeah, he's one of you know the bright young talents um, for this U.S. men's national player pool, and this is a perfect time to get somebody like him um, involved. I mean, obviously, I wish it was under better circumstances with the U.S. making a World Cup, but. Um, you know, whenever you miss one and you have the start of this whole new cycle, it's a time to kind of take stock of what talent um, you maybe have coming through the pipeline rather than maybe what talent is, you know, at, at its peak. And, you know, McKenney is certainly somebody that figures to be in and around the side over the next few cycles. So I'm um, glad to see him get a call up. So I'm going to read an ex- excerpt from the from the article that kind of encapsulates what McKenney has, what McKenney is for Shaka. Uh, so the article says, uh, need a defensive midfielder with strength and bite? How about a player out wide who can provide precision passing or telling tackle? Or maybe even a central attacker with the ability to moonlight as fullback? Then you need to call Weston McKinney. Schalke's and the USA's all-purpose one-man Mr. Versatile. Full disclosure, I actually wrote this article, so no, I was kidding. <laughs> it sounds like you're working it's a very there. Glow- it's a very glowing review of McKinney. I was pleased to see that. Sorry, I couldn't mimic your voice there. I tried, but, uh, <laughs> you know. No, it is a very glowing review. Uh, he's not. I mean, this makes him seem like he's like Mister Everything for us. Uh, he can be. He's been in many, multiple positions. He's like he is he like a up at, He popped up at right back last week, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And then, in, and we, like we said in uh, during uh, the Christmas break, he was playing uh, center back for the friendlies. So I mean, he's everywhere. Yeah, definitely a versatile player. Love to see that. And I think even for when he played with the U.S. men's national team in his uh, debut. He was playing more of an attacking midfielder, I believe, but I, I don't quote me on that. Um, Actually, I don't. I don't remember what position he was playing in that Portugal game, but he I scored think, a goal. I do yep. remember that. Exactly. So that that uh, that's good for him. Um, they, they, I'm gonna read a quote that Tedesco uh, said during in this article, and he was saying, uh, "Weston McKinney is an aggressive leader. He can play anywhere in midfield, in front of the defense, or behind the attack, at center back, in a back three, or at a back four. Uh, so that was Tedesco there. So this article pretty much just talks about, um, you know, McKinney and his versatility. Basically, uh, he's he's got I think what now 19 appearances in all competitions for Schalke. Um, you know, despite the, the the ligament injury he had, he was out for what six weeks, I, I believe. Yeah, um, he's been yeah he's been able to uh, come back, and he says uh, I think in this article he says that you know this time off uh, was it was hard for him because you know he instead of being you know spending his time running on the pitch, he's spending in front of a treadmill on a treadmill you know in front of a mirror. Uh, but he think he thinks it's a growing uh, it's very very good for him in the uh, in the fact that he could grow from this and learn from it, and uh, it just makes him even more hungrier. Um, uh, I think this is going to be a, a key player for Schalke going forward. Um, and it's nice that he's an American because uh, there's our rivals have their have their own American, and uh, it's good to another reason to, to to love Schalke is with this player right here. Yeah, I'm glad that I uh, ha- yeah, as you say, have have my own American to root for on Schalke, so I'm not having to kind of begrudgingly be pleased when Christian Pulisic puts in a, a good performance for for Dortmund. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before as well, you know, but with the departure of Goretzka and potentially Meyer as well, uh, McKenney figures to be an important player 
for Schalke going forward, um, as he is for the U.S. men's national team. And, uh, you know, that versatility serves him well when he's trying to break into a side. You know, the more positions you can play, that you know, the better your opportunities of getting minutes are because, you know, they can bring you in a variety of different situations. So, um, I mean, it sounds like Tedesco's very high on him. I don't know why he wouldn't be. You know, he, he this is just his first kind of full season at the senior level. but uh, And I'm not saying he's lighting the world on fire, but you know he, he's, been, he's been impressive for, for a player of his age and relative inexperience. So uh, I think we're all kind of looking forward to seeing what the future holds for him. Yeah, and absolutely. And uh, he, I, I, I mean, like you said, Meyer and Goretzka should be, are probably going to be gone this summer. Uh, definitely Goretzka, we know that for a fact. Uh, here there's going to be a decision on Meyer again. I guess they offered him another contract, a little bit more. And so we're going to wait to see after the friendlies uh, what his answer will be. Uh, but we'll, we'll get there when, when we cross that bridge. Uh, McKinney, though, he can, he's going to be a staple in the, in the midfield. And he I think he'll be a good um, like-for-like substitution with uh, with Goretzka. You mentioned it numerous times on this podcast. He has that potential to do be the all, all-around player. Uh, maybe we can find a... Maybe someone in the Nappenschmiede or, or, or sign someone who can fill that number six role. Uh, so that way he doesn't have to do it because I think he's uh, he's best when he can kind of free range, uh, be aggressive, uh, help out in the defense, but also jump in an attack and try to get some goals. And for God's sakes, uh, McKinney, get a goal here. We're 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 pulling for you, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he, yeah, we're still waiting for that, but uh, he definitely has it. I mean, he did it at the youth level, and we saw him in his in his U.S. men's national team debut against Portugal. Scored a re- scored a really nice goal. Um, you know, dropped the shoulder, got the defender going the wrong way, and it was a very composed finish. Um, you know, near post, and uh, I think I think he certainly has that in his game. Uh, he pops up in dangerous areas consistently. Um, you know, maybe he's not finishing it off yet, but I think it'll come with time and. Um, you know, it's not like that's the only thing he's doing. He's, you know, an absolute tank defensively and has, you know, great work rate and, and energy. So, um, you know, if he can add goals to his game, that's just a boost. I don't think it's even necessary for him to kind of be a starter to have that in his game. So, um, yeah. Very nicely put, Jack. Uh, that, they had a nice little intro in the beginning of the article, and then now you ended with that. That's us, lovely. <laughs> that's why they pay me the big bucks. That's why I'm here. That's right. That's right. Uh, all right, so let's go to the next article, the next two articles, really, uh, and they're both on Zion Jones. Uh, he's the uh, 17-year-old American, uh, the next American that is coming over to Schalke. Uh, so there's an ESPN article and then also a Soccer America Daily article, and they're both roughly the same. I think uh, Soccer America Daily just uh, kind of shared it and kind of changed a couple things up. Uh, but Zion Jones, again, 17, uh, he recently completed a trial with, with the club, and uh, he was given a contract at the end of that by Schalke. Uh, it showed because I guess you know he he showed enough in the trial that uh, they like what they saw and they wanted to see some more, so they signed him to a deal. Uh, currently, Jones is part of the Atlanta United Academy. Academy, the famed <laughs> Atlanta United Academy, oh, yeah. perennial Historic. powerhouse, just oh, turning yeah. talent, you know, decade after decade. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so he'll join Shaka's U19 team in the summer once he turns 18. Uh, so those who don't know the rules, um, unless you have a uh, some kind of Euro- European passport, uh, you're gonna have as American. You're gonna have to wait till you're 18 years old before you can uh, officially sign with the club. That's what McKinney did. That's what um, actually that's what all of our Americans did, I think, except for Tatigu. Um So yeah, uh, have you do you know any do you have any knowledge on Zion Jones? Have you seen anything about him? Other yeah, than- I, I know the name, but to be honest, I actually haven't. 
much of him um, playing. I actually had watched, I think, more Haji Wright before he signed for Schalke than I had Jones. But um, it's great to see this kind of uh, happening with a little bit more frequency. Um, and I think the success that Pulisic had kind of breaking into the international scene um, has maybe encouraged some of these guys to take that jump or maybe before they wouldn't have. Um, you know, it's something that I think a lot of us wished that Jordan Morris had done. Um, yeah, I mean, not to criticize him for staying home, but you know that he had an opportunity with Bremen and, and didn't take it. And you know, you see, Christian Pulisic wrote that Players Tribune piece um, a few months back, talking about how he thinks that decision to move to Dortmund was the decision and made you know the huge impact in in his career for some of these really talented kids. You know, when they're when they're playing in MLS um, or you know in, in various academies or whatever, they're not fighting for their position every day, which is something that Pulisic had talked about. You know, maybe you're the best person on your, your youth team, or, you know, you're one of the, one of the better players on on your senior team or whatever. And when you, when you go and you take that next step and go play in a, you know, in a prominent European league, you know, you're fighting for your place in, in every practice and every drill. And you have to be that much sharper and that much more on top of your game. And maybe it can just elevate you to the next level. And I'm, I'm sure Weston McKinney feels the same way about his time with Schalke and, um, it's great that, you know, these kids are having the courage to uproot and make a huge jump. And it really is a huge jump for them and their families, you know, if, if they go with them to, you know, go to a different country where you maybe don't know the language and, and all that. Um, but it, I think it's one that will probably serve them well. Um, and it's great to see. And I, I love Americans coming to Schalke, as we say, you know, as we don't have to, if they hope they don't go to Dortmund, um, you know, the more, the more, the merrier. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Maybe, maybe, I don't know if he's going to break into the senior team anytime soon. But uh, it's nice to have somebody at the club and, you know, somebody else to kind of root for and uh, have me keep a closer eye on the Napishmita maybe more than I otherwise would. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's funny you mentioned Haji, right? Because I'm kind of with you. I didn't, know, I didn't know too much about Zion Jones before, before the trial at Chalka. Uh, I followed more Haji Wright's career. And uh, fun fact, uh, Haji Wright still has the most goals for Chalka out of all the Americans. I think he had the five in the one game in the preseason. Uh, so... Uh, I guess that's a, something to celebrate. But he's in the, he's right now with uh, Sennhausen, so I and guess everything that, I've heard suggests that that isn't going particularly well for him. So yeah, I've been following it. I've been following Sennhausen, and while the team has been doing well, he's not been getting many much pitch time. When he does play, uh, yeah. he hasn't been doing much for them, unfortunately. Um, so uh, Zion Jones follows uh, a stable of Americans that are already there: Haji Wright, as we just mentioned, obviously Weston McKinney, and Nick Tatigu. Um Tatsugu is actually in his final year with the Schalke's Schmida Youth Academy, uh, for those who don't know. And, uh, and the academy has you know, developed players that you may have heard of before. Uh, Manuel Neuer, Metsut Otsil, Julian Draxler, Leroy Sané. Any of these names ring a bell, Jack? Um, traders, all of them. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, no, they no, are. Sh- <laughs> certainly has one of the better... Uh, youth academies in all of European soccer. So, um, you know, any time spent there for any player, regardless of maybe what their ceiling is, is probably a good thing for their career. Yeah, yeah. And actually, there is a fifth American who is also on trial with Schalke, uh, Chris Gloucester, uh, but a contract offer was not um, given to him, it appears. Uh, so nothing from the nothing forthcoming for the New York Red Bulls product. Uh, but that's a name you want to keep uh, keep an eye on. Maybe they, maybe they see something there in the season that they want to give him another crack or Hopefully he doesn't go to another Bundesliga team. Um, Schalke executive Alexander Jobs said he believed there's a growing number of talents with necessary skills who want to make it in Europe. And, and he's referring to 
uh, players from the United States. Uh, so that's good to see that they're they're trying to tap that um, that well right now. That is the U.S. system. There's a lot of uh, talented players coming up, and so uh, any any way you can get them over to Europe, uh, it, it can only do them better for the career. And I believe McKennie's even uh, you know obviously Pulisic is a a big proponent of going to Europe and playing, challenging yourself. Uh, Weston McKinney, I believe, is the same way too. I think he's saying that you know. Hey, instead of going to MLS and try to uh, cut your teeth there and waiting to come to, to Europe or thinking about what if, you know, if you know you don't want to go to your career and go like, oh, what would happen if I went to Europe, you know? Uh, McKenney's suggesting, like, Pulisic, just, just go over to Europe, try it out there, and if, and if you don't get it, um, then so be it. But uh, at, least you'll, at least you'll know, uh, you know, Bill Hamid, uh, the goaltender for the United States, uh, he finally made his big move to Europe, and it was when he was, what, 28 years old, 29 and he's going to like Norway. So I mean, had he gone when he was younger, who knows where he would have been, how he would have developed. So is Bill Hamid already twenty-eight years old? I feel like I could be wrong, uh, but I feel like he's been around forever. I mean, he was with DC United forever, and I and I follow them, and I feel like he's twenty-eight. I thought that's I mean, what I read. He's been kind of touted as like you know the next big goalkeeper for us. It seems like his entire career has passed him by while we're waiting for. Well, we have like, you know the other people to get the picture. Yeah, so you're right. He's he's twenty-seven, so he's he's getting up there a little bit. Um, but he he was called up to the the squad too, yeah. Um, this time, so I was glad to see that. You know, hopefully, um, you know, he he becomes maybe our our next big fixture because we, we who we had recently, you know, Howard and Guzan and Ramondo and those guys are all you know entering their twilight or you know already well within it. So uh, it's definitely time for the next next batch. Team Bill, sorry, that was a bad twilight <laughs> reference. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Shaka fans, what are your thoughts on the wave of Americans joining the Royal Blues? Tell us about it at SO4 underscore podcast on Twitter. Twilight and women's wrestling. What is going on today? Uh, I'm, getting to, I'm getting in touch with my sensitive side, all right? <laughs> <laughs> do what you got to do, man. <laughs> uh, that's right, man. Hey, so this, is, this is what happens when you get married, all right? Just get, it's giving you a heads up. <laughs> Something to look forward to, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. So let's quickly uh, touch base now, since we got so much time. Uh, let's 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 do a kind of recap of the of the rook window so far. Um, it's been an interesting one, to say the least. Uh, so you know, we started out, you know, losing obviously to RB Leipzig, uh, three to one. Then we drew to Hanover, and then so that wasn't the ideal start. Uh, we did get a win, obviously, against Stuttgart. Um, followed that up with a loss to Bremen. Um, we beat Wolfsburg in the DFB Pokal, lost to Bayern in actually a pretty entertaining game. Uh, came back off that and beat Hoffenheim, beat Leverkusen, Hertha Berlin, Mainz, and now Wolfsburg. Uh, so it's been an up and down, but trending up rook run thus far. Uh, what, what are your thoughts so far on what's, what's been going on? First of all, I completely forgot about that Bremen game until you mentioned it. I think I blocked it out because it was so traumatic. Yeah. What a terrible game that was. Oh, yeah. Um, but it seemed like it kind of uh, signaled the return to prominence of one Aaron Johansson going back to the American perspective, and he's been kind of tearing it up recently, so that's great yeah, to see. Yeah. Um, anyway, as you say, uh, we lost three of the first five and won only one of those games, so that was not an ideal start. We came into the Rook Runda in second place, um, and we quickly <laughs> dropped quite a ways in the table. Yeah, like sixth uh, place, right? Yeah, as a result of that string of bad performances and. We really needed to get it together uh, against uh, the kind of we get because you know after that that Dorp uh, that not the Dortmund game the the Bayern game it didn't get any easier we had you know we had Hoffenheim we had Leverkusen we had you know some some good teams in there and uh, you know luckily we've been able to turn things around and grind out a couple of results uh, and you know we have this five win streak going so 
Um, unfortunately, Dortmund has seemed to keep winning as well. So despite you know us winning five games in a row um, and, and getting back into that second position, we're only one point ahead of Dortmund right now. So um, our Champions League spot is by no means locked up. This is still very much a wide open race. I mean, you got to like the position when we're in five points ahead of uh, Leverkusen now, um, six ahead of uh, of Leipzig and, and, and four ahead of Frankfurt. But, um, you know, a couple poor results and, and this could change quite quickly. But, you know, I, I definitely feel better about things right now than I did after we, you know, that that Bayern game after the first five. So. And so we got two games before. Well, obviously, we got the international break now, but uh, we got two games before the big rivalry. And, and so we got the Freiburg match and we got a Hamburg. Uh, and then that's a big game, uh, April 15th, home against Dortmund. That's going to be the one to, to see what, what Schalke is made of. Uh, they can get a draw or a win. Uh, that'd be good. I mean, a loss there would hurt us, uh, I think, because the way, the way Eintracht's playing right now, they're they're playing very well. Surprising getting these results, and then you know, obviously, RB Leipzig got a got a win this weekend against Bayern, so don't count them out. Um, I, I just think the boys need to obviously get two wins here uh, coming into the into the rivalry game, and then uh, in the River Derby show up and not do the first half that they had, but more do the second half and 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 try to get a win there. What do you think? Yeah, we're we're in the midst of this kind of four game stretch against um, you know bottom feeders in the Bundesliga, and we've we've won the first couple, and we need to win the next couple so that you know this Dortmund game doesn't have the added significance of you know maybe deciding our Champions League fate or something along those lines. So I mean, I'm sure I mean it's going to be important regardless, obviously, but I, I would feel a lot better going into it if if you know we were still in second place at that point and and feeling pretty good about things overall and. You know, not sweating where, you know, if we lose this game, maybe we lose where we lose the Champions League spot as well. So, um, but yeah, after this, after these next couple of games, it, it gets a little bit more tough. You know, we have, we have Gladbach and we have, uh, Dortmund. Do we play Frankfurt again outside of? So it, w- this is what sucks about the schedule. We play Dortmund on the 15th and then three days later, we play Frankfurt in the, Do- the DFB yeah. Pokal. Was that sucks because, you know, you'd, ho- you'd, you'd want to have a, a game in the, in, in the, a Bundesliga where you could rest maybe some players so you can get them for the deep open cow, but you're not going to be able to rest anybody basically for this game. Uh, and then we do play Frankfurt the last game of the season, May okay. 12th, and that could be also a game that's going to make or break the, the Champions League uh, for us if we haven't already locked up a position by then. Yeah, so three of the last four then are against pretty good teams in, in, in Dortmund, Frankfurt, and, and Gladbach. And um, Cologne you know, despite <laughs> the overall season they've had, haven't been terrible recently either. They think they've beaten Leverkusen and Leipzig, right, in the last five matches? Yeah, yeah. They, they've they've actually some, been pretty good since yeah, they got they the new manager. some good results against some good teams. They're, I mean, they're, they're definitely spotty, but, you know, maybe they're making a little bit of a comeback too. So, um, yeah, this could be a tricky, tricky end to it. I'm glad that we've kind of turned things around here, and, you know, I'm feeling pretty good about it. But uh, the job is certainly not done yet. So it's going to be uh, it's certainly interesting uh, end to the Rook Runda um, and end to the season. Uh, it's just going to be we're going to have to hold serve here for the next two weeks and then do our best in those two games in a three-day span. Um, hopefully we uh, both games in and, and, a, and, a good re- and a good result, obviously. Uh, Frankfurt, as we thought we would maybe drop off. At least I know I thought that uh, heading into the Rook Runda. Uh, I don't know about you, Jack. I can't remember what you said, but uh, I thought Frankfurt would drop off. Uh, and they seem to just be hanging in tough there. And they seem to be getting better almost, don't they? 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that were kind of split on whether or not it was going to be Frankfurt or Leverkusen um, grabbing that final spot. I, I don't know how I feel about it. It's going to be it's going to be close. I, I mean, Leverkusen is at times looks incredibly dangerous, and then other times looks thoroughly beatable. And Frankfurt's just kind of been you know grinding along all season long. It'll be interesting to see how how it all shakes out. But um, you know, I hope uh, for the sake of our buddies over at the Hey Iron Track Frankfurt podcast that Frankfurt finishes up strong. Well, we'll at least have maybe two more collaborations with them. Uh, the yeah, right. We'll see how the next game goes, and uh, we'll see if maybe they, one of us won't want to talk to the other. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I think on that note, uh, we're going to wrap up the podcast. Uh, keep tuning in each week as we'll bring you the latest with the Royal Blues. We want to thank Schalke, Fox Soccer, Optifrance, ESPN, and the Bundesliga for providing us tidbits for our podcast today. And we're women's wrestling, that. apparently. Women's wrestling and Twilight. There you go. Hashtag sensitivity. Um, <laughs> if there are any topics you would like us to discuss, send us a tweet at so4 underscore podcast. Jack, where can our followers find you on social media? JM Mangan, J M M A N G A N on Twitter. Have to do my weekly shout out to my Kansas Jayhawks who are still alive in the NCAA tournament. What a crazy tournament it's been. How about UNBC um, beating Virginia, huh? That was impressive. Um, yeah, you know, they made history. They were the first 16 seed to lose to a 9 seed ever. That's kind of an embarrassing record at home. <laughs> <Just kidding. Yeah. laughs> no, yeah, absolutely incredible performance. And, you know, it was disappointing they couldn't keep it going. But uh, this is, I mean, this is a nuts, nuts tournament. If you, I mean, for any of my college basketball fans out there, this, is, this has been definitely one to remember. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, once again, I am your host, Richard Carmen. And if you want to find me on Twitter to talk about Twilight, women's wrestling, whatever, uh, you can find me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Until the next pod comes, my friends, stay ready. And we'll be with you soon. Shoes. Shoes.